Well, all right, this morning I want to share with you, it's very quickly, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for the faithfulness on, uh, and the support that you guys have given throughout the years. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We could not do what we do without you. Uh, this morning I want to share very quickly about what to do when you don't know what to do. Have you ever been faced with a, with a crisis where you have to make a decision? You're in a corner. You're in a circumstances that it could be uh, self-imposed by unwise move. Or the circumstances just has you in a place where you are in a pickle. You are in a mess and you don't know how did you get there. And how to get out of it? Well, there's a story in the scripture of a woman who was in that place that we can really glean from the story. Uh, if you could go with me quickly to Second uh, Kings 2, and we're going to read uh, verses, uh, chapter 4, okay, verses 1 through 7. Okay. The wife of a man from the company of the prophet cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he feared the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys away as his slaves. Elisha replied, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except for a small jar of olive oil. Elijah said, okay, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars. And as each is filled... You put it on the one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he answered her, there is not an empty jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons can live on what is the left. In the old days where we hear of the major prophets, they had what we call the school of the prophets. So the prophet would get... Some of the men that he would train them in the ministry. The husband of the widow, he was one of the trainee. He was one of the servants of the prophet Elisha. We don't know who he is. However, so many of the scholars, they believe that it was Obadiah. Obadiah, the man who saved 100 of the prophets from the wrath and anger and the murder of Jezebel. He took the 100 of the prophets into two, two caves. Each of the caves, he put 50 of the prophets and he brought them 
food and water. So we don't know if the death here is the consequences of the good deed that he did. We don't know for sure what was the cause of of the death. But we know one thing, bad things happen to good people. Do you believe that? Bad things happen to good people. This woman had everything going for her. And in a day, she becomes a widow. Her life would, you know, turn upside down. Well, you know, I don't know about you. I don't know about uh, some people here this morning. You may have had everything going so well for you. And then something happens in your marriage. Or you're faced with a crisis with your kids. Or you have a conflict at the job. Or you are being laid off. Or you have a problem in the family. Or there is a debt that it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Or you may have experienced sickness. I mean, there is not a person on the planet who had not had to deal with somebody in the family who had COVID. Or you may have experienced the ultimate, the death of a dear one. Okay, just like this woman did. Okay, this woman had everything was going for her. And suddenly out of nowhere, her life turned upside down. What do you do when you don't know what to do? We can take some of the lessons from this woman. The first thing, even though she didn't know what to do, she knew where to go. She came to the Lord with her problem. She brought her problem to the Lord. There is nothing like a good problem that would bring us to our knees before the Lord. There is nothing like a good problem that will bring our attention to the King of Kings. She was at the end of her robe emotionally. She was dealing with the loss of the of the love of her life, her husband, the provider. She was, she was so broken. She was dealing with the grief. And if that was not enough, the creditor were coming to take her sons away. She's a widow in a culture where it is a male-dominant culture. She had lost everything. She had lost her identity. I don't know about you, but I think if I was her, I would be a little bit angry at God. God, my husband served you. And this is how we end up. And they're the creditor. They're coming to take her boys away. The husband was the past. But in the Middle East, the boys, the sons, they take care of the parents as, as they get older. So she is putting the stock in, in the boys that they're going to take care of her. Now everything is gone. There is not a mom who, who would not do the impossible to protect her kids. That woman is about to do the impossible. She is at the end of her 
rope. She didn't know what to do, but she knew where to go. She came to the right place. She came to the Lord. She came to the the man of God. Sometimes our lives are full of a lot of things that God has to remove them so that he can get our attention. Sometimes we fill our lives with a lot of comfort. And God knows we live at a time where it's all about comfort. I mean, my goodness, the new cars, if you get out of the lane, they're just going to get you back in. The seats, they're very comfortable. Sometimes God has to move the comfort and make us uncomfortable to come to him. That's what happened with that woman. She's at the end of, she has no more place. She's running on empty. But she came to the right place. Let me ask you this morning. When you're dealing with a crisis, who do you go to? Oh, God help us. Because there are some of the places, they should be the last places we go to. They just add fuel to the fire. How imperative it is to start with with the Lord himself. How it is so important to start with the counsel of the godly, not the counsel of the ungodly. When you're burdened, where do we go? Jesus said, it's come to me, all you who are worried and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And, I will, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. She didn't know what to do. She came to the right place. She came with what she thought was important. I mean, she comes crying out, your servant, my husband, who feared the Lord, is dead. She came to the right place, but she may have come with the wrong attitude. She's coming, appealing to what she thought she deserves. My husband had served you. He feared God. You owe it to me that you you are to help me. She thought appealing on the history on what they have accomplished for God is what is important. I think in so many ways we do, we do the same thing. I remember when I was a child. I mean, my father had been in the ministry all of my life. And I thought I could just get to heaven on the coattail of my father. I mean, God owes me a favor. Can I hear it in the church often? My family is the founder, is one of the founding families of the church. The church owes it to me. Oh, you don't know how much money I supported the church. The church owes it to me. Oh, I am an elder. I am a leader. I have my place. I have my position. I have my education. We don't come to the Lord 
based on what we deserve, because if it was based on what we deserve, we, de- we deserve death. Except for the love of God and the mercy of, of God. We come falling at His mercy. Lord, there is nothing in me. I am not looking for what's coming to me because if I look for what's coming to me, it wouldn't be good. I look to your mercy. She came with what she thought was important. Your servant, my husband who feared the Lord. But she were to soon find what's really important. All she needed is just empty jar. Empty jar. Empty jar. She comes and appeal. My husband was your, your servant. And then the man of God began to ask her the question. What should I do for you? How can I help you? Let me just share with you. It's what he didn't do before I tell you it's what he did. He didn't hear the story and says, Ah, oh, poor thing. That's a horrible thing that you're going through. I feel your pain. I'm going to be thinking of you. What good does that do? Let's, let's be very honest. How often do we do this? I'm going to be thinking of you. That's not going to help her. She doesn't, or somebody who is in need of help doesn't need us to think of them. They need us to do something. All of the four outreaches that you, you guys heard, these people, they need to feel the hand of Jesus. Not just, I will be thinking, empty promises, they don't go anywhere. But what the prophet said, five words that I think if you and I keep them in our heads and we apply them in everything we do, they will change our lives. How can I help you? How can I help you? You are at the job and somebody says, I have a headache. Uh, I have a headache too. Can I pray for you? Can I do something about it? How can I help you? He begins with the desire, the will to help the woman. He is available to help the woman. When we, when we hear of a need, do we try to help? You may not be able to solve the problem. In fact, in most cases, you can't solve the problem. But you can point them to the one who can. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Oh, and I love this. Your servant has nothing at all. Nothing at all, except for a little bit of oil. A little bit of olive oil. 
See, most of the scholars, they say the little bit of oil that she has, it, it's good for just one usage. She's going to use it just the one time. But did you pay attention to the poverty mentality that she has? I don't have anything except for just a little bit of oil. Just a little bit of oil. Either she didn't notice what she had, or she didn't value what she had. Okay, what is God has given you? That you either, you don't see it, you don't even notice it, or you don't value it. Okay, that woman, okay, it's one of the two. But we serve a God who loves to work with what we have. What do you have? We have five loaves. Bring them here. I'll take care of it. But how far will they go? That's none of your business. I'll take care of it. It is the idea, I have nothing. We each have something. You don't just have nothing. It is not what you wish to have. It is what you have. See, when God works, almost always He starts to work with what we have. Can, can I say this one more time? When God works, almost always He works He begins his work with what we have. He wants to use what we have. Even even the things that we don't value. However, hurting people, often they don't see what they have. People who are depressed, they don't value what they have. Okay, and this woman was no different. She saw the glass half full. I'm sorry, half empty. I mean, I mean, I love this. You would ask people, can you host a Bible study group at your house? Well, uh, really, our house is not very nice. You know what? You're right. Because everybody knows. The Holy Spirit will not work except for a house in a house that has a granite countertop. <laughs> well, I love this. I, please don't take this as it's my wife because she never does this. Some of the ladies, they would walk into a walk-in closet. And I emphasize a walk-in closet. I mean, clothes everywhere. I have nothing to wear. Yes? But what you have there, it could close an African village. The woman had the same mentality. She didn't see what she had. But she had something. 
We're focused on what we don't have. We don't see what we have. And we're so, she didn't notice the little bit of oil that she has. What she thought was nothing, it was about to become everything. May I submit to you this morning the talent and the gifting and the skills and the anointing that God had given you that you have not been seeing or you've not been valuing. It's about to become everything. Who's going to reach the, the community? Who's going to go out to feed the homeless? It's you. The widow, she obeyed and did what she could. I love this. She's sharing the problem with the prophet. And the prophet just tells her, you know what? Go and knock at all your neighbor's door and collect as many jars jars as possible. And I can just have the vision, pastor, of the woman going and knocking at the door. Do you have any empty jars? Uh, Yeah. What do you need them for? Funny you ask. And then she goes to another home. And then another home. And then another home. And then she turns her back. And the neighbors, they open their doors. And they began talking. Man. Mrs. Williams, she's gone over the rockers. She's going mad. Somebody has to put some sense into her. And another neighbor says, Ah, this man of God, it is horrible what he's doing to that widow. He's giving her a false hope. Can, can, Can you have a vision of that with me? I mean, she didn't have much But she had a big faith to be able to go and knock at the doors and collect as many jars as she could. But I can also put myself in her place, carrying the jars, knowing what she's about to do, and the doubts. Is it really going to work? Is it really going to work? It's what if I have the, to, to carry them back to the neighbors empty? Ah, oh, what are they going to say about me? See, it's one thing that is so clear about that woman. She didn't wait for what she wanted. She did the work with what she had. May I submit to you this morning that we need to stop waiting for what we want and to start working with what we have. Have a bigger faith. She got empty vessels. The vessels here, the word, the, the Hebrew term that it's used for the jar, it's not the same as the jar that she had at the beginning. The jar she had at the beginning that she said, I have a little bit of uh, uh, oil in it, it's the everyday jar. It's the, the jar that they use every day. But the jars that he's asking her to get, these are the storage jars. 
And she goes and she collects the jars. But I want you to see, okay, it's one more thing with me here. Okay, that woman, she said, I have a little bit of oil. I don't have much. I just have a little bit. And the prophet is telling her, that little bit that you have, you have to pour out. You have to pour out. If you want the Lord to fill you, if you want the Lord to do the miracle, you have to pour out the little bit that you have. But Lord, it's hardly enough for me. You got to pour it out. You got to serve somebody. You got to use it so that God can refill you. You got to pour it out. But it's not enough for me. Oh, and I love this. She went and collected as many jars as possible. Big and small. Tall, rounded. Painted and plain. The clay, the silver, and the gold. The one with the lids and the ones without the lids. The brown, the green, the yellow, the black, and the white. The ones who had hair and the ones who don't have hair. But I want to ask you a question. What is the value of the jars? What is the value of the jars that she had collected? Is it in the appearance? Is it in the gold that is in it? It's the capacity to receive. Ah, some of us come here in a very fancy cars, and some come in a broken down cars. Some come in a jacket. Some come in a t-shirt. Some it's we all come in a different shape and sizes, but we're only good for the usage of the Lord if we empty ourselves of ourselves. If we're empty to Him to fill us. Hallelujah. If we're full of anything, God cannot pour into us anything. Why did the oil stop? The kids, the sons handed her the jars. And when she said, hand me another jar, and the son said, mom, there is no more empty jars. The oil stopped. All of the jars were full. Isn't it? That is sometimes is the case in the church. When we're all full, there is not a room for the Holy Spirit to refill us. You see, this morning, I believe with all of my heart that the Spirit of the Holy God is here. And He's asking, hand me another jar. The pouring of the Holy Spirit is there. Hand me another jar. Is there any empty jar here in this house? With every head is bowed. I believe that emptiness is a choice. We choose to be 
empty or we choose to be full. God is ready to pour. Is there any empty vessels here this morning? When you're weak, He is your power. When you're hurting, He is your comforter. When you're lost, He's your guide. When you're hungry, He is the bread of life. When life is unstable, He is the rock that cannot be moved. This morning, I want to invite you to just look within. And if there is anything that is not of the Lord, if there is just a little bit of a thing that it's, it's not allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you t- till the end, to be used to be a vessel of honor to a holy and a mighty God, I ask you to examine yourself with me. And I want to pray for you. But before I do that, you might be here for the first time or you might be kids coming here, but you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. We all like the widow. She had a debt that she could not pay. We cannot afford to pay the debt. It's beyond our capability. But God had paid that debt for you. Jesus Christ had died on the cross so that you could have a personal relationship with Him. This morning, if you have not made a decision to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I invite you to please, in your place, if you just slip your hand up and tell me, it's me. It's me. I want to accept Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to have him as my Lord and Savior. Then I do trust that everyone here had made the commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we come to you, O God, this morning. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to empty ourselves of ourselves. Oh God, allow us, oh God, to just take the flesh out of ourselves, oh God. Lord, the hatred, the jealousy, the impure thoughts, the things that hinders us from being filled by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for your people here. This upcoming week, Lord, for a greater involvement in the outreach. Lord, that people will come to know you and to love you because of our meeting here. Fill us, I pray, this day with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we're empty. We're empty. We're empty. We want to be a vessel of honor to you. May you advance your kingdom in our neighborhood. Use us, I pray. We're wholly available to be used of you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.